Hunt is the living manifestation of destiny. Light fuse. I need your help. I'm too set on wall. I'm jumping out a window. You've never seen me very upset. Meet the IMF. You're not Trent. Says who? Says me, host of this show, Craft Services. Yes, folks, that's right. Trent is still on his journey in England, uh, the land of Ang, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a guest co-host for what seems to be the next six weeks. Sophia Alexis. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I guess we should start off with Sophia Alexis. What have you been eating most recently? Most recently, I ate oatmeal for breakfast, um, quick oats, instant oats, cinnamon, brown sugar. Great stuff. Good to hear. Um, I most recently had, and Jackson Clark will be unhappy to hear this, um, some chai. Yeah. Uh, Jackson Clark uh, famously once had a cup of chai made by my dad and has since been begging me to get my dad to make him more. Um, Yeah. How would you say your oatmeal was? It was good, though. Actually, I think that me having had oatmeal most recently is a lie because I attempted to eat a clementine, but it wow, was attempted. not good. And then I threw it out. Wow. That's rough. Yeah. Like, was it, was it like, like not? Was it, oh, something. wow. Well, I don't know if rotting is the right word. Maybe that's a little extreme, but like it like had gone bad. It was too ripe. Let's cue the <laughs> intro. Welcome back to Craft Services, where we talk about the movies. Each week, we talk about a film and hopefully have a crew member of that film to talk with us about their experience working on the picture. This week, we will be talking about... Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. Well, you've already clicked on this episode, so it's not much (laughs) of a surprise. But we are covering this week Mission Impossible, and for the next six weeks or following five weeks, we'll be um, uh, watching all of these movies, yeah. Sophia and I, um, in preparation for the new one coming out. Yeah. You could call that the summer of love with Parth, Sophia, and Tom Cruise. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> sure can. Um, but yeah, so no no crew members, but, um, but a, a cool team member, um, an IMF team member, if you will. An impossible missions force team member, if you will. Anyways, um, Sophia, you have seen some of these movies. Yes, you've seen not the f- in order necessarily, but no. random ones because you I well, date I, Parth. I, well, okay, well, uh, you're a very good friend. Um, but um, to give some background to our history with the Mission Impossible series, Sophia was dating another man <gasps> when I took her to go see Mission Impossible Fallout. Um, cause I wanted to see Mission Impossible Fallout six times cause it was the sixth Mission Impossible. I saw it with you for the fourth time and then never again. I just knew it could never get better. Mm. Um, um, the optimal watching experience. Yeah. The optimal watching experience is to watch something with Sophia. 
I don't think that's true. I talk a lot during movies. No, I, I think you didn't <laughs> catch the sarcasm. Um, but it was a fun time. Um, uh, there was popcorn in my shoe. If yeah. you remember that. I think you can afford to talk when it's the fourth time you've seen a movie in yeah, the last I, two weeks. I, I, okay. Well, I wasn't too unhappy about it. Okay. But um, yeah. Anyways, so Sophia, I believe that you have seen the first movie. Mm-hmm. Well, first you, first you saw the sixth movie. Yeah. Um, with me in theaters. Then you've like sporadically seen the fourth movie a lot. Yes. Ghost Protocol, because that's the one everybody's always like, yeah. I want to see him climb the Burj Khalifa. Yeah. Um, and Never so, said that. Well, okay, not you. Other people have. People like these the series. Um, and then the first one, I think you've seen like three times now. Yeah. Um, but I don't think you've seen two beyond some select scenes that I've shown you. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you've seen three or five. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll be covering this. Anyways, um, this movie, because of the fact that it has a plot and things happen in it. Mm-hmm. Um, you could sort of like condense that into like a 10 word synopsis, couldn't you? So Sophia, what's the 10 word synopsis of Mission Impossible? Hmm. These movies have complicated plots. Unintelligible, one could say. Tom Cruise. Spy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Becomes excommunicated. Um, Disavowed. (laughs) Is the right word, but sure, excommunicated. <laughs> then completes an impossible mission. Wow, that's actually not too bad. Um, well done. Thank you. The actual synopsis is: an American agent, under false suspicion of disloyalty, must discover and expose the real spy without the help of his organization. That's actually not. That's like pretty close to what you said. Yeah, that is what I said. Wow. Yeah. Thanks. Um, they didn't mention Tom Cruise, which I think is a key plot element, though. Yeah, and not Ethan Hunt, Tom Cruise. No, Tom Cruise. Oh, Ethan Hunt or, is just or, an alias e- for Tom Cruise. Well, Ethan Hunt is his name in the movie, and his alias is Philippe Duchette. Yeah. Anyways, um, Sophia, did this movie have a budget? Did it have a box office return? It certainly had a budget, and you could say that it had a box office return. So the budget for this film was $80 million, and the box office was $457.7 million. Woo! Wow. Tom Pretty Cruise brings, brings in the big bucks. Should I get into production history? I would love to hear the production history. So this is probably the most fun part for me, because these movies, uh, the making of these movies are impossible missions. Um, and I have to just say, I'm employed by Eye of the Duck podcast, and I covered production history for their movies, and the document that I made for that movie was, um, for that episode was nine pages long. I've condensed it to three pages, so if you are interested in the production histories of those movies, please go check out, uh, their episodes. They're really good. It's a better podcast than mine. (laughs) Um, Trent and I are in agreement on that. In addition, if you're looking for more information about these films, more information than you could probably get anywhere, you can check out another little-known podcast that Parth worked for. Ah, yes. um, Light the Fuse, which much of this comes from. Um, Light the Fuse had Tom Cruise on. Yeah. I mean, I had nothing to do with that, but but they did. Yeah. But before having me on, they never had Tom Cruise on. But after Mm. I worked for their podcast, they did have Tom Cruise on. So I'm just putting that out there. You just brought such an energy to the Light the Fuse team. (laughs) That Tom Cruise needed to be a part of. 
Paramount Pictures owned the rights to the Mission Impossible show, which Cruz was a fan of as a child, and upon realizing this, he called Paula Wagner and told her he wanted to adapt the series into a film. He had dinner with Steven Spielberg and Brian De Palma, and at the time, he was prepping Interview with a Vampire and had Mission in the back of his mind. Uh, so after the dinner, he went home and stayed up for 14 hours, watching as many of De Palma's films as he could get his hands on, including Carrie, Blowout, Dress to Kill, and The Untouchables. Um, Cruz has very bad sleeping habits. <laughs> if you if you research him at any level, you'll realize that pretty quickly. So after watching these movies, he becomes convinced that De Palma needs to direct it. Um, De Palma hires screenwriter Steve Zalian um, for a couple of weeks. He wrote Schindler's List. He did the first draft of um, Moneyball. Good screenwriter. Um, and the pair make a 10-page treatment for the film. And after this, he leaves to pursue a different project. De Palma then hires David Kep, and the two create the first usable draft of Mission Impossible. Um, after this, Cruz decides he wants to bring screenwriter Robert Town, writer of Chinatown, um, on to, well, Robert Town, Chinatown. That's funny. On to the project. Um, Paula Wagner calls De Palma to tell him that the movie is moving ahead, but he has to fire David Kep to accommodate Town. So De Palma then fires Kep, um, but keeps him in the loop with what's happening in the script and the sequences that they were planning. Town writes for about six weeks, and Paula Wagner is very unhappy with the script, as is De Palma. And then De- David Kep is then rehired by De Palma um, because he hates what Town has written. So Kep and Town are writing simultaneously, but working separately, um, leading to different versions of the script and even greater ambiguity of what was actually getting filmed. There's stories of Kep and Town in the same hotel, but or maybe different hotels, with no idea of what the other is writing. And so there's very <laughs> many different versions of this movie. Um, so one of the main sources of chaos was a disagreement between Kep and Tan regarding the third act climax. Kep had written an action sequence where a helicopter flew into a tunnel following a train, Sophia's favorite part of the movie. Um, um, but uh, Town felt that the ending needed to be more toned down. Maybe you and Robert Town would be good friends. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it needs to be toned down, but the helicopter tunnel situation is just like a step too far for me, I think. We'll, we'll get into it. So, because of how long development is taking, Paramount issues an ultimatum that the script has to be finished in a week or the movie's going to be shut down. Two weeks before shooting is scheduled to start, Kep spends three days compiling everything he and Town have written into a coherent script. And after this, this film screenplay was mostly put together and the film was able to start shooting. So, principal photography begins in March 1995. The sequence at the Aquarium restaurant between Kittredge and Hunt was shot at Pinewood Studios on a soundstage. The scene required the tanks to explode and for 16 tons of water to be rushed out of the set. Cruz wanted the audience to be able to see that it was him jumping out of the restaurant and opted to perform the stunt himself. Um, They did it with a stunt double as well, but it looked better with Cruz, as it always does. Of course, (laughs) except for the fence thing. Except, yeah, when uh, after um, the lady gets stabbed in mm-hmm. the fence, um, the it's Cruz's stunt double that climbs the fence and yeah. runs away. Um, yeah, Keith Campbell. So the film's stunt coordinator, Greg Powell, explained that the framework of the restaurant had to be made out of solid steel due to the weight of the running water, and that meant that Cruz had to be incredibly precise in how he jumped out of the window or he would be horribly damaged. <laughs> Um, so David Kep says that he came up with the idea of Hunt coming down from the middle of the ceiling because it reminded him of the film Top Copy. The cable drop sequence 
um, was very difficult to film. Both De Palma and Cruz were adamant that the drop had to happen in a wide because it would show that Cruz is actually dangling from the ceiling and not trying to touch the floor. Um, But the problem was that he was off balance, which meant that every time they would drop Cruz, he would hit his face on the first several several takes. Um, So after a few takes, De Palma tells Cruz that he's just going to cut into a close-up and break the shot into two if the next take didn't work. But Cruz was adamant that the shot remain as planned and decided to ask for pound coins. And he put him in his shoes to to level him off. Um, and the take went perfectly. Cruz says, I remember we were running out of time and I went down to the floor and I kept hitting my face. I put the pound coins in and I hung on the cable to see if I was level and I had to make it. Brian was like, one more and I'm going to cut in. And I said, I can do it. That's the most Tom Cruise dialogue I've ever read. So the train sequence at the end of the film was by far the most complicated sequence to film. While production had been given permission to shoot on the French rail service, um, Cruz and De Palma realized that they needed to film this on a soundstage due to the elaborate nature of the set piece, um, and as such, it was filmed at Pinewood Studios in London. Um, but Mission Impossible 7 has a train sequence, and they filmed it on an actual train, so they've since um, upgraded this train sequence. Um, but the sequence in this movie was a mixture of live-action photography, model work, and CGI done by ILM. Um, while filming in Pinewood, the crew used a wind generator that blew at 140 miles per hour to simulate the speed of a train. A multi-filtration system had to be used to make sure that particles didn't pass through the fan, because if they did, it would be the same thing as a bullet passing through Cruz's skull. Um, the wind generator was also used to propel Cruz for the shot where he's blown onto the train from the helicopter. For shots involving the tunnel, an eighth-scale miniature was used. ILM also built a 600-foot-long steel rail and moved the camera back and forth at 50 miles an hour, which they shot at 72 frames per second to to properly simulate the speed of the full-size train. Principal photography for the film ended August 1995. Alan Silvestri was originally hired to do the score for the film and, in fact, did score the entire film, but Cruz and De Palma were not happy with his work, so he was fired and maestro Danny Elfman. Do you know who Danny Elfman is, Sophia? Not outside of this. He's uh, done the Batman soundtrack, Nightmare Before Christmas, um, the, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, wow. Beetlejuice, big guy, big dog. Anyways, the film was released May 22nd, 1996. Sophia, I thought that was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, that was a lot of fun. But I love facts. But I've always wondered if the mixture of facts and fun was even possible. I think it is possible. We got some fun facts about Mission Impossible here. So, to begin, this is the only film in the Mission Impossible franchise where Ethan Hunt does not fire a gun. That's true? Yeah. he wow. He, he um, loads a gun, but he uh-huh. never shoots it. Wow. He's so such a pacifist. That, yeah, no, he literally is. I mean, he also, in the film, you see him saying, like, no, don't kill these people. You know, yeah. people die in later films. Well, people die, but um, I would say that, like, from this movie onwards, the theme of, like, he wants to not harm as much as possible is, like, a continuous running mm-hmm. theme, despite how much destruction he does cause. Yeah. <laughs> um, Moving on, the last motion picture from a major studio to be released for home video on Betamax video cassette format. This is that. Yes. Well, (laughs) nice job. (laughs) I don't feel like that one's my fault. No, I I wrote that weirdly. Um, Okay. 
Tom Cruise deferred his $20 million fee for a percentage of the box office taking. I guess good thing this movie made a lot of money. Yeah, that's kind of his whole deal. Um, on Top Gun, he made about $200 million. Good for him. Happy to hear it. Um, Vanessa Redgrave's part was originally written for a man. That's Max. Ah, I like that it's her because it's such a little sneaky surprise. <laughs> yeah, it is a sneaky surprise. And they have like, such weird chemistry. They do have weird like, chemistry. Weird She's definitely chemistry. like has some level of interest in Ethan Hunt in the film. Yeah. Um, curious it's kind of awesome (laughs) sure one reason tom cruise wanted to make this movie was the gadgets cruise said i felt like i was 10 years old again i thought what would be the coolest thing to see yeah and i feel like that's why i made so much money because 10 year olds everywhere were like this is the coolest thing to see yeah one of the code names on the knock list is maverick which is a reference to tom cruise's role in top gun how fun (laughs) Uh, <laughs> this fun fact list is just too fun yeah no it is this is one of the first big movies to film in Prague after it's freedom from communism in 1989 fuck the commies <laughs> Al Pacino, Michael Douglas and Robert Redford were considered for the part of Jim Phelps what do you oh yeah when Jim Phelps came on screen Sophia said this guy looks creepy he does look creepy Um, and he's played by a not very nice man so Angelina Jolie's father, Angelina Jolie's father, who she is estranged from because he is a not very nice man. Why? Uh, I mean, he's like a Republican and like he released a video in the uh, running for uh, before the 2020 election where he was like, President Trump was chosen by God. We <laughs> need him to lead us. Wow, that's interesting. Um, so he's kind of crazy, but he's yeah. um, he's a good actor. Yeah. Um, and he's in heat. Yeah. And this movie. So. Yeah. So we love this film, don't we, Parth? Wow, Sophia's getting in on the transition train, but yeah, we do. But not everybody loves this film. No, some might even say that they hate it. We give it out of five stars, one star. Whoa, who would do that? Probably Elixir Mixer. (laughs) (laughs) What a fucking name, wow. Um, I wonder if they're like a mixologist. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Like our friend um, Julian Julian Melendi, yeah. (laughs) Hey, Julian. Anyways. So this says, what's free, in all caps, and not free on Prime. And um, this is a verified purchase. And he says, or they say, I guess we don't know what mm-hmm. Elixir Mixer is. Um, I was, w- <laughs> <laughs> I was watching Mission Impossible last night for free, but fell asleep. I wanted to finish watching it today, but it now costs money. Why? What's the purpose of Prime? I'm curious about how they were able to get it for free and not free. Yeah, What's I'm, up with that? like maybe they were watching it one day and it was like somehow the the day before it got taken off yeah, Prime. Maybe, but I kind of feel like well, Prime doesn't mean you can watch any movie for free. Here's the curious thing about when their review was posted, January fifth, twenty twenty two. I wonder if in twenty twenty one it was on Prime and then it was New Year's Eve. They fell asleep on New Year's Eve lulled by Mission Impossible into a nice slumber. And then on January 1st of 2022, it was no longer on Prime. Another interesting thing about the date January 5th, 2022, is that that is the day that Trent Algar turned 21. That's right. January 5th is his birthday. And maybe he was watching Mission Impossible and he went by the name... Wouldn't Trent go by the name Elixir Mixer? Yeah, he would. (sighs) Trent and his Instagram handles give me a lot. It's like a source of anxiety for me. Mm-hmm. 
But um, is there anybody else? Yeah, so we have a review here, one-star rev- review from Giuseppe. <laughs> okay, Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> it says, no internet connection. I was unable to watch it. I need credit to my account. Okay. <laughs> like... Again, did you buy it? Did you what 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 ha, what did you want? What, what I don't you, understand how you could post a review on Amazon if you have no internet connection. So the next move the next review is from The Hammer. <laughs> and its title just says Profanity. And the review says an action-packed movie ruined by actor cursing God. Has anyone ever walked out of a movie saying, "Wow, that would have been so much better if they had used God's name profanely. Totally unnecessary. Sorry, The Hammer. There seems like there must be a lot of films that you can't watch then. Yeah. But it seems like it's not just The Hammer that can't watch a lot of films because two people found this review helpful. Yeah. Um, so. Not a very godly film. Sorry. No, I guess not. But yeah, I mean, that's like almost any major movie. I feel like at some point they'll go, oh, God. Yeah. God damn it. It's not like he goes... Fuck you, God. Yeah. And it, how funny that, like, this is the religious thing that the hammer brings up in a Tom Cruise production. Yeah, definitely. But that's the end of um, all the bits and bobs of this episode. And now we just move into the movie, of which I'm I'm intrigued because these are not movies I think Sophia has much to say about. Yeah, we definitely have very different relationships with the Mission Impossible movies, and I'm curious to hear Parth talk a little bit more about your relationship with the Mission films. Wow. Um, It's like I've been waiting my whole life to answer this question. Um, But again, not to plug Eye of the Duck too much, but I was on their Mission Recap episode, and I speak a lot about my thoughts on Mission there, so go check that out if you want me talking for an hour. But if you want me here talking for an hour, I'll just I'll answer Sophia's question. Um, so I got really into Tom Cruise um, when Mission Impossible Fallout came out. Um, that's a movie that I think uh, kind of changed my life in some way. Um, it's a movie that um, made me think about movie making in a very different way. Um, and uh, that kind of extended to all of the Mission movies. Um and this movie, I think, is really great. Um, I think one of the uh, things about the Mission franchise that I'm a big fan of is that they're these huge spectacle-driven movies that get highly stylized directors to work on them. Um, and as I think you will see um, later in the series, each movie has a di- different director until you get to five and six. Um and they sort of use that to their benefit and like you get each director's take on what a spy film is and all that stuff. And I think that that's cool. I think Tom Cruise is so cute in this movie. Um, Definitely. And you you really you start to see the lines between him and Ethan Hunt merge um, until they are basically one in the same mm-hmm. across this series. But yeah, to speak about this movie in particular... Um, I think it's a lot of fun. I, I don't even know that I have so much to say about this movie other than it's a lot of fun. But I think that it's stylishly made. It looks great, I think. Um, Cruz is in full movie star mode, like height of his powers, mm-hmm. looking so cute. Mm-hmm. Um, all the ladies still love him. He's not a creepy, weirdo, religious freak mm-hmm. um, in people's minds. Um, and I think... 
it's it's a fun movie. Yeah. How many times do you think you've watched this particular movie? This particular one. 15. That's a lot of times. But not Okay, maybe many. not 15 actually. Maybe if I've maybe seen it 10, three times. Maybe 10. You've seen it of the 10 times, you've only seen it seven times not with me. In full probably. Okay. Like I've definitely seen se- like the the cable drop sequence yeah. is a good uh, Trent always makes fun of me for this, but I I will just put on scenes for movies all the time. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times I don't see whole movies or yeah. rewatch whole movies, but I'll watch like 15, 20, 30 minutes of a movie mm-hmm. um, just to watch a particular scene. So I'll watch like the opening section. I'll watch the, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I guess to talk about my relationship to the movies a little bit more context from the very beginning i'm not a big action person i like dramas i like romance romance i like horror i don't think you're not you're particular i would say you're not particularly an action person but you're not averse to an action movie i'm not averse to almost anything yeah but you but it's just not your thing in a way where i think action is my thing yeah um, you don't um, particularly care for it. So, in being friends with Parth, I've watched a lot of action films, and a huge part of what I like about the Mission Impossible series is Parth's love for the Mission <laughs> Impossible series. Um, I do think it's fun to see how excited you get by um, some of the things in these movies. Wow. <laughs> um yeah, I guess, I mean, I most recently showed the series to friend of the show, Sarah Brotman, um, and I think, like, most of her Letterboxd reviews basically say, you can't watch this series without Parth, because <laughs> that's, like, half of the experience, um, because I will just keep talking about how they made certain things mm-hmm. and be like, look at this shot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, I think this movie is a lot of fun. I, yeah. I think... This movie gets a lot of flack for being um, too complicated. I don't think it is. No, I don't. I think that, like, it's uh, pretty straightforward, Mm -hmm. honestly. The only thing that's kind of complicated is the scene where Ethan Hunt, or maybe not complicated, but kind of a little confusing, is Mm -hmm. when Jim Phelps comes back from the dead and he's like, it was Kittredge. And Ethan Hunt is agreeing with him, but Mm -hmm. you're seeing that it's Jim Phelps doing it. And I could see somebody being kind of confused, but I also feel like it's pretty obvious what's happening. Mm -hmm. He's a spy. He's trying to be deceptive. That's what spies do. Literally. Exactly. Sophia. Um, But yeah, um, I I think, I think this is maybe the one I have the least to say about. Do you want to talk, I guess, like chronologically through the major sequences? Sure. Um, We open with, um uh, did we get it we got it and that's yeah. fun with him in the mask and mm-hmm. stuff uh, sophia giggled when yeah. s- when tom cruise took so his cute. mask off he is he's so okay so um another thing that which i'm gonna steal straight from light the fuse tom cruise's hair uh-huh changes drastically throughout this series i don't love the hair in this movie but i love him in this movie i think he's so cute he's still got that like boyish charm he's got like that top gun energy in him when he's like younger i think of um what's that movie with the socks risky business the movie with the socks okay you know what i was talking about no uh yeah um he has that like risky business look still where he looks like a young yeah boy really cute 
Um, I mean, young boy, like in his twenties. I mean, yeah. I mean, um, he's in his thirties at this point. Isn't that? But wild? he still has that, yeah. like, you know, younger Tom he's a good looking look man still. Um, and I think he looks so sweet. Middle tooth going strong in this film. It is hair is short. Part of those I like longer hair. Oh, you're gonna love the next movie. I know. I've I know it's coming. Um. um so it's not my favorite hair, but I think it looks cute on him for what it is. I think that for this movie, it works. Yeah. Uh, like, and for this era yeah. of Tom Cruise, because I'm looking at Mission 7 stills, and mm-hmm. while I am unbelievably hyped for this movie, and I think it will be my number one movie of the year, mm-hmm. the only movie that could maybe beat it is Oppenheimer. Um, not Barbie. Let's be real. <laughs> um, it'll be a good movie, but, you know. But it's it's no Mission, and it's no Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. But um, he has really short hair in that movie, in, in Mission 7, and I don't think that it works on older crews. Here's what I think makes sense about the short hair on him to, like, analyze I like that this the is, hair. I like this is what we can have the most. Is that in this movie, he has the most, like, secret agent like government guy yeah. army guy haircut and if you think about it thematically this is the movie where he is first disavowed right like before wow. this film he's like really into this stuff and then moving into the second film with the longer hair i feel like it makes sense that he moves from having that like cropped cut that you would more yeah. traditionally associate with like the government and such to this like shaggier style because he's sort of like I'm mad at you guys. Yeah, I'm not going to do what the man tells me to do. Wow. We'll, we'll get into um, this more next week for you guys, but probably a couple days for me and Sophia. Yeah. Um, but um, the next movie is all about Tom Cruise just wanting to be on vacation. Good um, for him. Yeah. No, and the, so that's the reason for the long hair. He also um, a little unshaven mm, in MI2. Wow. So we have that to look forward to. But yeah, in this movie, it seems that he's come straight out of the military mm-hmm. or something like that. And so it makes sense, I guess, the shorter hair. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's definitely, it's still in that like Top Gun era of like, he's the cool like guy that doesn't give a shit, but like is so good at his job and he's going to break the rules. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think, so um, this is something that's gotten brought up by a lot of people, but um, this movie opens with the entire team dying. Yeah. Um, It's just like the Suicide Squad. (laughs) So this movie (laughs) opens... Yeah, it's it, yeah. Mission Impossible is just like the Suicide Squad, but not Suicide Squad. No, thankfully not Suicide Squad. Um, though we did talk to an assistant editor, John Lee, for Suicide Squad, not for Suicide Squad, but he worked on that movie. Mm-hmm. Go check out our Interstellar interview. Um, this movie opens with um, all of Tom Cruise's teammates dying, and I think that that is something that has lasting effects over mm-hmm. the course of this franchise, which I think we'll get into as we move along. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's it's another part of this movie that caught a lot of flack is that people were upset that um, the team all dies. Uh, but I think it's one of the more interesting things about the movie. Yeah. And I, I said this as we were watching the film, but I really like that in the very beginning, you don't necessarily know that Tom Cruise is yeah. going to be the star. I mean, obviously, it's got Tom Cruise face plastered all over the marketing. any marketing. So, you know, it's going to be a Tom Cruise movie. But at the same time, in the very beginning, I, I feel like he's just a part of this team. And I do feel like that makes the loss of his teammates feel bigger because it's not like it's like the Tom Cruise show and, and these other, other guys. You don't care about. But it's like, this is Tom Cruise in this team really enmeshed into this group. And then you see his him lose his team and that 
affecting his decisions throughout this movie and throughout the franchise. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even the first shot you see of Tom Cruise is in a wide shot with mm-hmm. all of the other teams. That Like, he's not given more power yeah. or whatever. And, I mean, this is something that I, you know, Tom Cruise, huge movie star, leader of, well, we know what he's the leader of. And, uh, you know, there's all kinds of shit about him. But as a movie star and as an, as an actor, I think there's a great deal of humility on mm-hmm. his part um, in that I think he is unique as a movie star and that he understands that if the movie is better, he is better. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of times, if you look at, like, The Rock, all of his movies are all about how strong and cool he is. He mm-hmm. has clauses in his movie mm-hmm. contracts that he can't be um, shown losing a fight. Mm-hmm. Um You know, all things like that. And I think it shows a great deal of um, smarts on Cruz's Mm -hmm. part to realize that his character is stronger if he isn't immediately the forefront of everything Mm -hmm. and if it is more of a team movie. And that's something that I think this movie does really, really well is established in this franchise that this is a team franchise. Mm -hmm. Even later on in the movie when, like, Krieger goes bad and mm-hmm. or, or we realize who's not on his team actually and stuff like that. It's it's he recruits a team and the mm-hmm. movie is about that team accomplishing an impossible mission, mm-hmm. something the next movie kind of loses sight of a little bit. But um, I think it's something that this movie really does well. I think it's um, good at getting this like momentum um, going with the mm-hmm. and, and such fun characters, I think. Yeah. And something that we also see emerge through this first opening sequence is the glasses everybody has glasses <laughs> throughout this entire movie wow i didn't glasses know what you were about to say don't make sense for the context we got a girl inside at this gala wearing sunglasses okay <laughs> everybody has glasses on because the cameras and things it makes sense but also like everyone's wearing glasses the whole movie they are i also like at the end of the movie when tom cruise does the whole like puts on the glasses to show mm-hmm. kittredge yeah um that jim phelps is alive and then as a move throws the glasses onto jim phelps uh-huh. but then is somehow surprised by the fact that he did that and like nothing yeah do you know what i'm talking about yeah. it's such a weird weird move yeah and to speak about the glasses, my favorite Tom Cruise glasses look is mm. in the um, cable drop cable drop scene. I think they look so cute on him. Mm-hmm. He's um, got a little like nerdy vibe. <laughs> he does have a little nerdy vibe. Speaking of which, um, the cable drop sequence so good. Yeah, that's not next part. What do you? Why is that not Are next? We going sequential. Oh, I totally forgot about that. Well, what is next? Team team dies. Yep. Um. Cool. Oh, you had thoughts on how one team member gets killed. Which one? Oh, yeah. The girl who gets stabbed through the fence. She walks up, sees somebody get getting stabbed through a fence, and then walks right up and allows herself to get stabbed through the fence. Take a couple steps back, girly. Mm. Yeah, you should have taken a couple steps back, girly. Um, like, yeah, like, I, I have no defense of yeah, that. It, because, it, like, the elevator shaft makes sense, the car blowing up, like, all these things, like, I feel like they're, Although like, the elevator shaft, he makes no effort to not be impaled by. Yeah, but I guess but, it happened so quick, you could make the argument, sure, you know? Sure, sure. Um, and maybe if he were to try to move that, like, you know what I mean. Yeah, like, no, Whatever, I, I think I, that's I fine. The car blowing up, you can't know that the car was going to blow up, whatever. The stab through the fence, like, he can't even get around the fence. It's not a gun, like... You would have to go so close. You have to get go within arm's length to the fence to get stabbed. Just don't let yourself get stabbed. 
Yeah, literally. Oh, uh, to rewind just a little bit all the way back to the front of the movie, um, Sophia was bringing up, because uh, this movie opens up with um, the team have set up this fake room and they're interrogating oh, this yeah. guy with a mask and and he's unaware that he's in a fake room. And Sophia was like, how did they get this guy here? Well, how did they get that guy there? Like, Why did it have to be a fake hotel room? Why can't it just be a real hotel room? <laughs> And then, like, there, but then it's like all a ruse and whatever. Why does it need to be in a warehouse? How do they get him into this random warehouse? Where does he think he is? And it's actually a perfect metaphor for how you have to enjoy this series, which is a little bit okay. You don't have, you don't think about it because it's cool. Sure. And like, but like, it kind of, it, and like, also, this whole series becomes kind of a metaphor for making these movies. Mm. Um, and, you know, so there's a meta element of, like, they need to make a soundstage to trick the audience or uh-huh. whatever, um, which is kind of fun. But, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't make sense, but it it's fun. It's it, okay. it, To me, it feels like um like a 60s, because this is an adapt- adaptation of a 60s uh-huh. TV show, which I don't think you knew until semi-recently, I feel like. Yeah. Um, Maybe, like, a year ago. Yeah. Um, but it feels like something they would do there it's like oh yeah. they were actually in a movie set yeah um so it doesn't make a whole lot of sense but it's fun i think yeah. um i think somewhat of a call to to the tv show element of the original series yeah yeah um okay so we we so team gets blown up and then um he meets max right yep and then and then it's the cable drop that is next that's next. Yeah. I mean, nothing happens. I mean, he meets the team and yeah. stuff, but like, um, yeah, then it's the cable drop, which um, nine minutes and almost completely silent. I'm surprised, I guess, by how much of this movie is not action sequences, but rather like planning yeah. and conversations yeah. and stuff like that, because that's what I prefer in an action movie. I cannot do two hours straight of like back to back sequences. <laughs> It's too much for me. I can't wait for us to rewatch Fallout. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, this movie is not really an action movie, I think. I, I mean, mean, it, it is but, an action movie. But there's only one action sequence in this movie. Because the cable drop's not really an action sequence. What about the first one? What? The opening. That's not an action movie. Well, See, that's not an action scene. Oh They're like trick. How? What action happens in it? They shoot the people and they run. They're in the cables and blah blah blah. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> like what? In the elevator. They don't shoot anybody. Okay, he shoots himself, but you're thinking he's getting shot, and she gets stabbed. Okay, it's not as much. Car of a- blown up. That's not action. Okay, okay. there's not as much action. Yeah, you can't say that this movie is not an action movie. No, it isn't. It isn't not. But I'm saying it isn't. It isn't what the series becomes. Yeah. And a little bit, I kind of miss that element of it. Yeah. Um, I like another thing this movie gets right about Mission is that it's all about the sleight of hand, mm-hmm. I guess. That's a p- part of the reason why I like the opening. I had an argument once with Jackson Clark, friend of the show, um, where he was saying he wanted John Wick. He wanted a movie where John Wick and Ethan Hunt <laughs> would fight each other. Um, just to see what would happen. Like John Wick would win. Well, that's the thing. But the thing is, like, even if you were to show for some reason an action sequence, what's interesting about Mission is not 
This guy's gonna Ethan get Hunt this guy. Is unstoppable. Yeah, that is. He's not- the unstoppable planner, not the unstoppable yeah. fighter. The 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 trickery is the fun yeah. of mission of like ah oh, they think we're doing this thing, but it's actually this thing, yeah. or they think we're this guy, but I'm actually wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. Like that's the fun part, which I think that's like a fun, unique thing for a series. I feel mm-hmm. like most action series that mm-hmm. isn't. Like, the action not being what you thought it was is not, like, the conceit or something. And that's why, in terms of action movies, my favorite action movies are often heist movies, because I like that, like, we're having a fun planning sequence and blah, blah, blah. Like, I think that that's the more fun part of movies than, you know. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree. Um, But yeah, the cable drop, iconic. Yeah. Uh, Any thoughts on it? So fun. The temperature thing doesn't make any sense. No, uh, on this rewatch, I realized it really doesn't make any sense. Because he just has, I guess his personal reader is just, like, telling him more specifically what the temperature level is. But, like, to what end? Like, he's going to change his temperature? Like, I don't understand. Because how is his body temperature not changing at a degree? Because here's the problem. So they say that if the if the temperature in the room changes by a degree the the like alarm will go off yeah. and so he comes down and you see he has this own personal like temperature thing and you see the temperature rising from 72.1 point 0.2 point 0.3 and mm-hmm. it's increasing he then connects to the computer and it becomes it starts going down from 72.9 point 0.8 point 0.7 and so my thought is this is a device that's bringing the temperature down for the computer mm-hmm. But then later in the sequence, you see the temperature going up again. And so I'm kind of like, what is this doing then? It seems like it's just like a stressometer of like Tom yeah. Cruise needs to chill. And it's a good, it's another example of don't think, yeah. just enjoy a little bit. Yeah, I also just feel like sometimes temperature increases happen in a room. Like they didn't need to include that element. And- well, I mean, nothing about this heist realistically makes sense. Why do they have all of these things and not a camera? Well, I just feel like... They could leave all the other elements they already have and just leave out the temperature thing. Sure. And it wouldn't be like, like, I don't think that that was the thing adding stress to personally. I wasn't like, oh, my God, the temperature. Like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I think this mo- this scene is a really good exercise in screenwriting in a way where none of this makes any sense. Mm-hmm. There's no reason this room would be set up. Why is there a vent perfectly in the center of the yeah. room that you can go down? Also, if the they have all of these gadgets and yet he has to lower him down like by hand, yeah. like they can't have a machine that's going to like lower him and raise him or whatever, but they can have a machine that like perfectly blocks off the laser pointers. You know yeah. what I mean? But it doesn't matter because it's done so well, um, at least in my opinion. Yeah. I think for Sophia, it's a little bit more bothersome, but like I think it's goofy fun. Yeah. But I think that that's a fine level to enjoy these movies on. I think that, like, the actual craft is very smart. These are not necessarily – how do I say this? There's something said about Die Hard where it's not necessarily a smart movie, but it's a smartly made movie. Mm -hmm. I don't think these are dumb movies, but I don't think that, like, they're so smart. Mm -hmm. But they're very smartly made, I Mm -hmm. think. Um, So, yeah, then the cable drop happens, and then it's the train stuff. And this, I think, maybe you have some thoughts on. So I like the train stuff. I like the all the different people having the s- happening at the same time. They're all brought into the same place by Tom Cruise. He's saying, like, let's all gather here, basically, and duke it out. And I'll be able to 
get, get the bad guy. Get the bad. Uh, get all the bad guys at the same time. Like and um, like three birds, one stone. Clearing my name. Getting Max. Getting whatever the guy's name is. Jim Phelps. Jim. Yeah. Jim. <laughs> Sophia's dad's name is Jim. Yeah. Um. Like doing all this at the same time, convincing Kittredge, getting the money, and at the same time seeing if Claire. Is, wow! Like, yeah, in on it or not? You're remembering way more about these people than I thought um, you would. I didn't so even remember her name. That's what I like about it. And then you bring in the mask element, and it's another. You know what I mean? Um, I said to Partha as we were watching it, to which he didn't appreciate. It's giving Bullet Train, but I guess Bullet Train. I didn't not. Ab- I didn't. Impossible. I didn't not appreciate that. Um, I, I enjoyed Bullet Train. <laughs> I gave that a three and a half out of five on Letterboxd. Wow, that's a really high rating for. Bullet I feel like Train. I feel like I'd give it a three if I were to think back on it. That's a two and a half movie. It's like a fine. It's a yeah. Uh, it's fine. Yeah. Anyways, enough about bullet train. Um. But uh, the helicopter. Yeah, th- like I don't think it needs the helicopter. Is my feeling. There is literally no way <laughs> that helicopter would still be flying inside the damn tunnel. It just wouldn't. <laughs> like the helicopter beforehand linking onto the thing they're on top of a train that's all still wacky right like that's still over the top in a fun way i think but i think it still works you know like they're just holding on to the top of the train sure fine i'll i'll believe that they're clipping themselves onto the helicopter whatever right like this is already extreme you drive into the tunnel the helicopter explodes. That's enough. You don't have to... It's flying next to another train that's passing by them, and it's still, like, just, like, still going. It's, like, the little helicopter that could. It is the little helicopter that could, and it did until it didn't. I also... The thing about the helicopter that's funny to me is that guy on their team... What's his name? Krieger. Krieger. As you'll learn, I don't know anybody's name in anything ever. Um, and I can't tell people But you've apart. been pretty good about this. <laughs> but Krieger, he turns evil, like, so quick, and then he's like, I'm joining the dark side. Yeah. Like, he's like a little miffed by Tom Cruise, and then he's like, I'm gonna <laughs> turn against you. Well, he's been on Jim Phelps from the beginning, because uh, as you see, he was the one that stabbed. He's been in cahoots with him the whole oh. time. Oh. Because it was his knife, and he's been working, because Claire brought him on. Oh, I don't know. I don't pick up any of this. Yeah, no. It, w- there's a whole sequence where they show that he stabbed her. But that's just in Tom Cruise's mind, isn't it? It is, but it's the same knife. Oh, yeah. I didn't... <laughs> okay. I didn't even know that he noticed the knife. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, it was in the movie okay. that we watched. But, um, yeah, no. So, I mean, he hasn't turned on him. He was yeah. always bad. But, yeah, I mean, well, here's the thing. I agree to a certain extent, but I think it's a fun ending. The tunnel? Yeah. I I think it's stupid. I think it's too... To me, it's a step too far. I guess it's the closest the series becomes to being, like, Fast and Furious or something. Because it's just so goofy. Like, it's so, like, you could not get a helicopter into this tunnel. Like, you just couldn't. But Loki, red light, green light. I also think that to, to show the element of tom cruise that's willing to do dangerous stunts but like maybe for no reason is like the helicopter blade that's like two inches from his neck is a real blade it doesn't need to be a real blade no, it could it be doesn't. foam it would look the same yeah but I, I wonder if it was like oh it'd be cheaper to use a real blade or something like that i don't know 
But I do like the ending sequence other than that. Like, I like the confrontation that happens on the train all at the same time. To me, that's fun. I like that Max is just, like, chilling, no stress in the world, with her little henchman buddy, like... Who looks a lot like an actor in Jackson's uh, senior (laughs) thesis, Maxime. Um, I like the realization of Claire being mm. on the other team though she gets killed for kind of no reason by the bad she, guy she gets killed for no reason that is annoying to me he's just like she's like hey maybe we shouldn't t- kill tom cruise and then tom cruise is like it's actually me all along what are you saying you're on the other team and then he walks out of a little closet and he's like haha i've been here too and it's also funny because then he's been looking at somebody in a mask of himself for the last I don't know, 20 minutes or whatever. Who knows? (laughs) Well, you think he was in the room watching Tom Cruise play him for that long? That's what I was. Wasn't he just like in the baggage cart? Like in the. I thought that he like walked in at that. Like it was like. No, I thought he was watching this encounter. Why why would he allow that? (laughs) I don't know. I don't think that makes any sense. I don't know. I think he was like, let's see how this plays out. Like it would, it would only play bad. Why would he not just shoot Tom Cruise? He wanted to kill him. Where else was he? I don't know. In another cart. But I think that that's the baggage cart. Like, that's the last cart in the line. He's, like, in a closet. Yeah, I mean, the sp- spatial-wise, it doesn't make any sense, but it makes more sense than him watching <laughs> okay, this whole... Okay, is that funnier, like, though? Because he's like, let's see how this goes down. Yeah, no, it's so much funnier. I guess that makes it make more <laughs> yeah. sense. Also, why does he have this hot wife and um, he's old and crumpety? I don't, I don't know. You know? <laughs> I don't know. But it's Brian De Palma. There's always, I was telling this to Sophia. There's always some weird sexual element yeah. in a Brian De Palma movie. Like when movie. he was taking her clothes off to check her for a wire, I was like, I don't even care if you're going to check her for a wire, but like, why are you doing it in this way? Like you're holding oh, her Tom down Cruise? on the bed. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like a slightly like, uh, well, we that's to sexually do it this aggressive. Way? Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I don't think it's meant to be that that's what he's like. But I think that that's it, how they're portraying yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't think that they're trying to say that Ethan Hunt is like that, but I do think that that's what the directors are trying to accomplish. Yeah. It's kind of like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because like, let's watch a crying woman, you know. Yeah. I can't wait to see what you think of how they portray women in the next movie. Well, the one thing that I thought was good in this movie in the beginning was I was like, wow, even female male split on the original team. Kill them all. <laughs> All but one. All but one man and woman survived. Three people survive. Tom Cruise. Yeah. He survives. Yeah, him and Claire. And the other guy. Oh, yeah, I guess Jim Jim, Jim yeah. wins out. Um, and then she ends up dying for literally no reason. Yeah. The series gets better with women, I think. Yeah. But um, he. it's just funny to me how he's like, She's like, Jim, and then he's just like, my wife, you're, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Yeah, it is kind of for no reason. Yeah. I, it's just to tie up the loose ends because, like... I think that maybe he should have tried to shoot Tom Cruise and then she steps in the way. That would make more sense. That makes more sense because um, she feels, like, bad about it. Yeah. Um, and she's in love with Tom Cruise I mean, after who, all. Look at him. Who couldn't yeah. be? She's so cute, though, too. Yeah, though not my favorite performance. Yeah, but she's pretty. She is. And that's the f- movie. That's, that's Yeah, that's the ending. And um, Luther Stickle and Tom Cruise have a little chat over some Guinness. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know that it's Guinness. I don't think it is, but like they have beer together. And they play like the cranberries in the background. Uh, Sophia noticed that. Um, I didn't particularly. It was funny because it was so quiet and I was like, they paid money for this. Yeah. 
But yeah, that's pretty much the movie. Um, are we are we feeling the heat of a nuclear bomb right now? It is getting kind of hot in here. Oh, <laughs> my skin! Oh my God, it's burning! Help! Help me! We've entered the ratings gauntlet, folks. So, Sophia. Would you recommend this movie? Would you rewatch this movie? Uh, would your mom like this movie? And would you? What would you rate this movie out of ten? Yes, yes, no, six. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, that was like the quickest fucking review I've ever heard. Um, yes. Um, I. I mean, first of all, rewatch. I've rewatched it several times. But but you've rewatched it because I've for reasons I've put it on, and I know this isn't your type of movie, but. I think it's fun to rewatch. I okay. think it's a good movie. I enjoy watching it. Maybe I don't want to be like in a theater and you can't say any words and you just have to be silent and watch the movie. But like, I think it's a good movie for like some friends to watch and hang out and chat and have a good time. Like, I think it's fun. Like, I think it's well made. I like the main sequences. I like Ethan Hunt in it. I think it's like definitely fun. I would recommend it, too, again, to watch with friends in a fun way, you know. Um, I'm not going to be, like, hyper-analyzing like me, this but... film necessarily, but it's fun, and it is also fun to watch with Parth, as he knows every detail about every question you could possibly have while watching it. Like, which... Oh, this particular shot, is that Tom Cruise or a stunt double? He always knows. Yeah. Um, so, that's fun, too. Um, I would definitely recommend people to watch it with Parth. Um <laughs> And would my mom like it? No, my mom has a problem with Tom Cruise. Sophia's mom is a psychologist. Yeah. And Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise. So. Yeah. Um. So, no, I don't know that that's necessarily an indictment of the movie itself, but I think she couldn't Just like get a moral past the Tom standing Cruise against factor. It. Yeah. Um, How interesting that she has a daughter that <laughs> is dating, like, the Tom Cruise guy. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then I would give it a six out of ten. Wow, that's a lot lower than mine. Um, like, I think it's fun. Maybe I could push it up to, like, a seven. Like, maybe it's more like a six and a half. But, like, no, again, I, I'm just not an action movie person. That's, like... Yeah, but six out of ten is what? Like a three out of five? Faith, the highest rating that I could give it for, like, myself personally, not impacted by Parth. Yeah, fair enough. Because, like, I what, certainly what would you like say? I skew up. What would you My say the the viewing experience is while watching it with Parth? Not necessarily just the movie. I think like a seven or an eight. Wow, so I don't even bump it up that much. Well, I'm already rating it considering viewing it with you. I'm not okay. rating it. I've never watched it on my own. Fair so enough, fair enough. To be fair, that's already part of it. If I was watching it on my own, it'd probably be a five. Okay, fair enough. But that's like, I think that it's a good for a movie that I'm not into. Sure. Um. Obviously, I'd recommend it. Um, again, I really don't get the people saying that it's incomprehensible. I think it's honestly pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, the only challenge that I've had, not this time because it is the third time I've watched it, so I hope by now, like, I sort of have an idea about... To be fair, I've watched it three times over the course of several years. It's yeah, not, like, like it, in the last six months. Yeah. Um, it's been a minute since I watched it most recently, like, before this. Um, but... I have a problem with faces and uh, names. Yes. This is something we will certainly encounter as we continue in this series. To me, I get confused. I don't know who Kittredge is. I, like, he looks like any man ever. I don't know who 
Jim I feel like is, white he looks men, like any really man have ever. a problem with. Like, I'm really not great telling people apart. So that's <laughs> a challenge, but I think that that's me specific. Yeah, I don't think that that's this movie's problem. Yeah. Um, but for my stuff, I'd obviously recommend it. Um, I've clearly rewatched it. My mom loves this movie. Um, I watched it for the first time with my mom. Um, and like an eight out of ten. Um, I think it's a very watchable movie, very smartly made, put together, good performances, solid script for mm-hmm. the kind of movie that it is. Um, I also think it's good for the rewatchability element of, like, it's not ruined by knowing what's going to happen. Like, no, it's fun. Yeah. It's supposed yeah. to be fun. You're not supposed to be, like, like you know he's going to win in the end, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's a remarkably short movie. It's under two hours. Yeah. I feel like that... Like, um, nowadays, you can never get anything under two hours. No, I mean, t- almost, I mean, the newer ones will get to, um, and I think they kind of earn that length as they move on. But, um, yeah, I think this one, really solid movie. hmm So, that's it for this week. Sophia, what are we doing next week? Next week, we're going to do it all over again. That's right, folks. Next week, we're watching Mission Impossible 2, John Woo's masterpiece. Um, it's not his masterpiece. It's it's not even... It's the worst Mission Impossible movie. According to you. I think you will also think it's the worst Mission Impossible <laughs> Okay, well, movie. I haven't seen all of them, so I won't be I, able to I say don't think until you, the end. I don't think you've seen this one in in. I don't full. think I have either. Um, wow, a fresh watch. Yeah, no, it'll it'll literally be a fresh watch. Um, but yeah, that'll be next week, and you can listen to it on any podcasting platform, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, anywhere you get your podcasts, basically. Um, and we are on social media um, at Instagram and Twitter. Um, go check us out there. We'll update showing what episodes are coming out that week. And that's it. Join us next week. Right, Sophia? Yep. See you then. Bye. Do you think you were better than Trent? Um, I certainly showed up on time. Ooh! Brutal. Ooh!